in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. I am Mr. Manos. <laughs> and we are back again this week with a brand new list of movies that we're counting down. Uh, Matt and I, we're doing the top 10 films that we think deserve a sequel. We'll separately think deserve a sequel. And then, of course, we'll combine them at the end of the show. Uh, Matt, how are things going with you on uh, on the COVID side of things, on the self-isolation side of things? Any new updates or new things? Uh, not really. I think in my knee that was hurt before, I think I tore my meniscus. Whoa! So it, it doesn't exhibit a lot of the worst things, so I don't think I need surgery. Okay. But it turned up three days ago, and I thought it was getting much, much better. Like, I thought it was basically 98 or 99%. Yeah. And Sunday, it was just like, no, today's a bad day. Because we went out and walked, and for the first time, it really bothered me. Wow. Uh, oh, well. We're out for another three-hour Sunday walk. Have you gone to a doctor or at least virtually to a doctor or anything like that, or are you just kind of waiting it out until you can? I, I text my dad, who's now retired, but he's a doctor. Right. My knee is this, this, and this, and he's like, well, without an MRI, it's going to be one of two things, but it sounds like it's this, which wow. is slightly a, a torn meniscus on some level. Is there – what are you doing for that? You are like There's nothing you – rest. Okay. You know, so no ibuprofen or any anti-inflammatory. I can't. I just basically that day I kept pushing. It wasn't mm. possible. It just I could tell it was like ah, oh, it's starting to get weird. And instead of just because we were so far from the house, right, right. It's going to be at least a forty-five minute walk back at this point, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Just stayed out another. I think it was like hour and fifteen something. There. <laughs> You're like screw it. We're out here this far anyway. Well, because we were walking over <laughs> through the hill in in Silver Lake where you drop down. On Silver Lake Boulevard, the one that connects over to the five. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we just have to go down to Sunset, and then we can make our way back so we don't have to walk back over the hills to get over to our place. Cool. So that's that's how we spend the get out, take the dog, and we just go walk through the hills, and then you just end up trying to end up somewhere back near your place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. But, yeah, that's the only big – I mean, it's it was hot today. It's supposed to be hot again. It's, not, it's back into the summer weather already here in uh... – uh, as we turn the corner into summer, it's it's been getting hotter and hotter. I, I liked the rainy weeks we had. I liked the overcast days we had. But now it's back to that regular rhythm of being hot as hell all the time in Los yeah. Angeles. So it's crazy. Well, the nice thing is the start of next week, and this is weather talk. So this is what you get with COVID. <laughs> the start of next week is supposed to be low 70s. Oh, nice. for us, And then it'll slowly, gradually go back into. And then right. the summer sets in. It's going to be 90 degrees or better more often than not. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be fun. Um, uh, all right. Well, uh, you know, that's what we're doing today. Uh, Matt, uh, do we want to do any more chitter chatter or jump on into this thing? Uh, I mean, unless you want to talk about whatever, you know, you've been doing. No, I think, you know, just building up the channel. That's all I, that's all I've been doing every week, building up the channel, putting on new content uh, or new episodes of the, of the shows I already have. And then I'm trying to uh, get onto Twitch. I just subscribed and, so I've got a thing there, and so I'm going to figure that out next. That's the next frontier uh, in this whole situation. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I've been getting a bit antsy at times, just kind of like, uh, you know, I'd like to go to a restaurant. I'd like to go to a restaurant. I'd like to sit yeah. down. That was like me to, yesterday. Yeah, right? You have the moment. You're like, oh, I, I was doing all right. And then you have that moment that comes, and you're just like, ah, oh, God, I just want to go and do something, you know? Do anything. Yeah. Freaking anything. anything. Right, right. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, we were out on our walk, and we were like, you know what? I bet you we can get – takeout ice cream and we found ice cream places that were open but you could only get takeout pints and you're like oh, oh. i don't need a whole stinking pint like we <laughs> just wanted a scoop or two yeah you could do that i don't come in i just come to the door uh not happening that's right not- they weren't they weren't tomorrow doing- the the world opens back up ever so slightly here so that's right yeah well, you, you still can't dine here. in but you can go get stuff more and more uh, eateries will be open for sure. Yeah. Uh, so at least you can get out, go do 
something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I can find me a set of weights finally. Um, all right. Well, there we go. Let's uh, let's jump into our, our our thing. Top ten movies that deserve a sequel. Matt, how does the show work? Uh, once we set a topic, we go our individual ways and create personal top ten. Let's show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Last of my breath. Well, Matt, take it away. So I don't know how you went through and devised what movies would qualify for you. Okay. Uh, for me, it was, do I really want to see a sequel to this movie? Uh, and is it because I just want to see these characters again? Or is it because I leg- legitimately think there is a story to tell? So if okay. there was a story to tell, then those were the ones, because I made a separate list, those are the ones that I built my top 10 out of. Because a desire to get a sequel, but like you just come up with a story on the fly, and there was nothing really out of the first one that uh, lent itself to a sequel that yeah. I kind of immediately kicked those off. So it's basically, I want to see a sequel from these movies uh, because I think there's more story to tell. Okay. I, I tried to choose things that, um, or no, I, there's only one that doesn't fit this uh, criteria, but everything, mm-hmm. there is no sequel to it. So I went with things. So it couldn't be like the second and a third, but the second didn't make enough money. So they didn't, yeah. Third, like, oh, I wanted to see the clothes out of that because in my head, I was like, I want to pick movies that we've had the discussion of, man, I would love to see a sequel of that movie because it's a standalone. Right. I want more of a taste of whatever it is, whether, like you said, the characters or there's another story that can be told or a continuation of what they set up. Uh, So my my 10 is a cheat. Okay. But that's why it's also a 10, which is a steal. Oh, yeah. Look. <clears throat> that's a great damn choice. Didn't even think about it because they've been talking about it for so long. And I don't know if it'll ever happen. And they'll just start over but again, which it seems like what's happening. But Cav- Cavill is intimated that, you know, he's out. There's yeah. not coming back to him. Yeah. He, I thought he got dirt, you know, done dirty with the Batman versus Superman. Cause they just took his follow-up movie. I agree. The Batman movie. Uh, so it's the only Superman that I've thoroughly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And Man of Steel was good. It wasn't like great, you know, amazing, right. but it was really good. And yeah. I was like, you know what? Finally, a Superman that I can kind of get behind and enjoy. And then the fact that he just never got another standalone again. But there are others. You got Batman versus Superman. You've got Justice League. Like he did come back around, but I don't really count those as his. So it's a weird. It's the only one that's a gray area in my on my list. Okay. All right. I like it. It's a great choice, man. I, I love that film. And it, I mean, the, the title is top 10 films that deserve a sequel. This absolutely deserved a sequel or that you'd want to see a sequel from uh, both. This checks both boxes, in my opinion, or belongs in both columns. Uh, this is such a, I really enjoy this film. I, I would say I love this film and uh, I would love to have seen a second uh, attempt at this, you know, continuing forward. What's the relationship to him and Lois? I know we see shades of it, obviously in Batman versus Superman and in justice league and in other uh, yeah. films, but like I would like to have seen him be the lead of his own story in a sequel. That would have been nice to continue this relationship and to continue this relationship with him and uh, uh, Harry Lennox. And if Harry Lennox is a legitimate yeah. Martian Manhunter, then how that plays into uh, a sequel like Man of Steel as well. And do we get Apocalypse? Do we get Dark Side? Do we get what do we get? Uh, you know, uh, that's what I Granny Goodness. What do we get, Mister Miracle? What do we get? I would like to have seen that. So myself personally, yeah. So uh, that's a great choice, Matt. What's your um, uh, what's your nine? So my nine is uh, the Pirates Band of Misfits, the stop motion animation. Oh, great choice! Yes, yeah. good film. It's singular one off. I think it's uh, the script is is really good. It plays for kids, and ultimately, I think the movie is really about them fighting the system in Hollywood because. The way the queen views pirates is you're obsolete. The world has moved on from you. Like, why are you wasting your time doing this? And there are things, I'm, questions I'm sure they get nonstop of. We can animate other ways. Like, it's so time-consuming, painstaking. This is of another era. Right. It's like, because we're pirates. That's what we do. <laughs> uh, but it's beautifully done. There's a lot of, you know, great jokes in there. The voice casting is excellent top to bottom. Yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun. And it's one that you could. It's like with after you saw The Incredibles, when's the sequel? And it took 
you know, 13, 14 years, eventually mm-hmm. Uh, that one to me walking out, I was like, I hope that does enough money because that's that you could easily just keep spinning this into more and more movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it was a fun movie to watch. It was uh, remarkably enjoyable. I thought I was going to be bored. I thought it was going to be a lot of dad jokes or a lot of like, you know, easy jokes. Yeah, but actually, jokes. Yeah, but it actually worked. It actually was charming and endearing. And, you know, I should never have doubted them uh, because they do. I think the same people that do the Wallace and Gromit stuff which is great. Yes. So, uh, so I should not have doubted them, but I just thought maybe they're pushing a step too far with this. And I went and I was thoroughly enjoyed by it. So yeah, I could totally, I mean, they're pirates. How can you not have a sequel? There's like what, 10 pirates yeah. of the Caribbean movies. So there's certainly time just to do a pirates. Making them and making them, making them is like, it's not a problem. whatsoever. Right. New adventures. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Over and over and over again. And you could do it. Maybe they have an explanation for the scientists because they keep going. You know, scientists were actually the pirates. Like <laughs> a little, uh, you know, wink to the audience there a little bit. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just I, I've watched it several times since seeing it. I saw it in the theater, and I, since then I have it digitally. So every once in a while, just pop in. I'll go back and watch just random scenes. And nice. Always, you know, struck me as they never made a sequel to that one. I'm just. But they do take a year and a half to two years to painstakingly make these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like so, you can churn them out all the time. Exactly. Um, um, all right. What's your number eight? <clears throat> so my eight is another uh, animated choice, oh. which is Rango. Oh, yeah. Good choice. Good film. Because Depp's character is an actor. Right. An actor that goes into a part. So then he leaves this town and he, like a chameleon that, that he is, finds himself in the midst of another story and becomes a completely different character because that's who, that's the nature of that uh, chameleon, mm-hmm. uh, Rango himself. And just, they had such a firm grasp on the world the first time, like they're out in the West. So all these haggard variations uh, of different animals, just beaten down by this completely desolate and parched landscape. Yeah. And, Bill Nye is the snake. What an excellent villain! Using the rattle as the revolver. Yeah, yeah. It's they just had a firm grasp of all the different nuances and the the, the lines from the characters, the mm-hmm. books, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, I just I really wish you know is it uh, Gore Verbinski? Yeah, this in between different pirates. Hopefully, him and Johnny Depp come back to it. But I know that they to make it, they rented a house up in like Bel Air or something. And they sat there for a year, just writing it, story wow. and everything. Jesus. Yeah. The whole animators and writers and the director, and that's where they went to work and they just go up there and something like a year, but wow. shows. Yeah. It's a damn good animated film. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and if you're going to be, and it could be, like you said, he's an actor, so it still works. Cause people like to say, Oh, it's the man with no name trilogy. Yes and no, because those films are not connected. It's not the same character okay. going from place to place, like Yojimbo does with Yojimbo in Sanjuro, right? That's the same character. Those are connected. But with Man With No Name, you don't know. Clint Eastwood is supposed to be playing a different character in each of those films. But mm-hmm. with Rango, you could kind of emulate that in a way that he's playing huh. a different character as an actor in a new situation where he has to help these people overcome this stuff just like he did in the first Rang- Rango film. So, yeah, that's absolutely possible. Yeah. I, so say you wanted something other than the West. What if he happens to find him in, uh, you know, down in South America and he is some sort of, like, stumbles into, has to be a scientist and is exploring the rainforest. Right. Or make him an archaeologist out in Egypt and they're dealing with, like, mummies or something. I don't know. Right. It's, it seems like it'd be endless because this character just morphs into... And it's a great introduction to him as he's walking into the town. He's trying to establish what he thinks he should be in the West. Right. Mimicking his walks after other characters, trying to find the one that he feels that he should embody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, an actor finding the little beats and what <laughs> works and he's almost as shocked. Uh, it's, it, uh, yeah, uh, that one to me was just like, ah, I can't wait to see another one of these, but yeah. it's not a Minions type of franchise thing so i can see why they wouldn't make it sucks right. what are you gonna do yeah fair point fair point um uh, my number 10 is a 1980s film uh that i and i had to put on my list because i've been saying it since the 80s that i wanted a sequel to this movie and that's running scared uh the okay. gregory gregory hines billy crystal, billy crystal. Film. yeah i mean that film is just so incredibly funny it still holds up for me 
a nostalgia-wise. Oh, yeah. I, I, I see yeah. it all the time. I honestly do because it'll show like on Comedy Central or TBS or TNT. And if I'm flipping channels and it's on, absolutely, I will watch that movie. Peter Hyams directed it. I dig the score. I like the songs that are in it. And their chemistry is real. And people forget there was a badass Billy Crystal for about a, three or four years in the 80s. Yeah, this totally. was in that period when he's a young comic. He's a hungry comic. He's playing these. And, you know, when Harry met Sally, he's he's kind of an a-hole in that movie. So there was a time when Crystal wasn't the dad, you know, that he played from the 90s forward. He was something else. And uh, and in this yeah. movie, he's a badass cop with Gregory Hines. And, you know, he's a tap dancing guy, Gregory Hines. But they both play really well here as these Chicago cops who are you know going up against Jimmy Smith's, who is the uh, drug dealer at the time mm-hmm. here, and and trying and and there's funny stuff. Joe Pantoliano's in this thing. There's so much funny stuff in the movie to counter the actual stakes of what's happening, life and death stakes of what's really happening here. As uh, uh, Billy Crystal tries to save his ex-wife from uh, this drug dealer, and it's brutal. Like that ending. There's a lot of people that die in that ending. So uh, yeah. I think it's a fantastic film. Uh, that people don't give enough credit to when they talk about great 80s films or great buddy cop movies. Uh, and it's one that I always wanted to see a sequel from uh, and and uh, explore again. Uh, the first time that I saw it, can't remember where I was specifically. So I was staying with relatives and my brother and I asked them to get us uh, Running Man. And they, <laughs> they brought scared. <laughs> we still watched it. I enjoyed it. I've yeah. seen it like maybe one one other time and little parts here and there, but I, it's, you know, I couldn't tell you when that one other time, I know I've seen it because it was on uh, a channel uh, back when I had cable Mm. running scared. I haven't seen this forever. And I managed to catch it from the beginning. Uh, But yeah, I just haven't seen it in so long. I never had that thought about that, but maybe I go back and revisit it, uh, you know, while we're on lockdown. I think it still holds up, man. They're both pretty good in that movie. Um, All right. So then my number nine is my cousin Vinny. Oh, good call. Right? I mean, I like he wins the case, but he officially becomes a lawyer by the end of the case when they get that fax. So he can officially practice law. I want to see what his next case is with Marissa Tomei as they could it be in New York. Could it be them exploring some kind of like, you know, embezzlement scandal or something like that? It would be interesting or a crime or a murder. He's defending someone once again who is unfairly being uh, uh, convicted or I'm sorry, arrested of, of a crime. So that would be fun. It could it be a stocks thing, right? Because at the time when the movie came out, I think it was the late, uh, I mean, the early 90s or late 80s. So there was something here to explore in the stock market. There's all kinds of stuff that could have happened. And I love, love that character. Uh, that uh, Joe Pesci creates in My Cousin Vinny. And his chemistry with uh, Marissa Tomei is so perfect. You know, these Italian people. Yeah. Because, yes, they have caricatures to their performance, but they're lived-in char- lived characters as well. And you sense there's legitimate uh, love between these two people and the chemistry yeah. between them. And, so, and it's such a charming comedy to watch uh, that I would like to have seen what was next in uh, Vinny's life as a, as a lawyer. What was the next case for him, you know? Uh, I like the stocks angle because then it takes him out of the courtroom. Right. He just manages to see through bullshit of whatever they're spinning. Yeah. And can distillate it and is every guy, you know, blue collar New York type of eyes that the character does and be like, guys, this is what he's doing. This is the hustle. It reminds me of what uh, Johnny used to do. Right. Uh, But yeah, I like that because otherwise you take him straight to the courtroom and he's like constantly winning in the court. I don't know. It seems more downtrodden character. So right. Right. To allude to he maybe lost a couple cases and now he got another one type of thing. Or maybe he's got a family member who's been caught up in the Ponzi scheme. And so his, as a there lawyer, you like you know, he's exploring the Ponzi scheme to reveal what really happened here and find out who's to blame for it. Uh, yeah. And then figure out some way to work in Marissa Tomei used to be working at her dad's garage. Yeah. Something. So, I mean, that might be too forced. That might be too forced. <laughs> Yeah, but she had some other. Her mom had some specific skill that comes up in this one. Yeah, could be that. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, that's my thing. Uh, so then my number eight is uh, Goodwill Hunting. Okay. Yeah. Um, really? I, I went back it and forth. You know, I went back and forth on this one. It's a great point, Matt. It does kind of end, but I went back and forth on this one because okay, okay, yes, he's finally decided to go after her. 
But what is his life once he gets to California? He has no skills. Yeah. He has no job. He has this morally principled thing. Uh, what is he going to do once he gets there? Plus, I mean, if in a uh, you know in a idealistic world, Robin Williams is still around, so maybe Robin Williams is like his. Uh, huh? I'm just kidding. <laughs> making wholesale changes. Ben Affleck killed him. So he's in prison. It went bad. I would like to see Ben Affleck again. Retainer. Retainer. One of the best. A suspect. A suspect. Exactly. Vis-a-vis just playing an idiot and fully knowing it too. It's, he's not trying to. Oh, nope. it's great. He's brilliant. But yeah, I would like to have seen like what he does next, right? Because he had all these moral stands about working for the NSA or whatever. But like, it's it's nice that it ends in a positive way that he wants to go after her. But we don't know what he does next. And no, that Kevin Smith thing does not count from Clerks Two or whatever it was. Uh, I I want to see what he does. Where does he go? How does he get a job? Do they stay together? What are the struggles? Because really. They barely know each other, and he's going after her to be with her and blah, blah, blah. So does his anger come up again? Do, do other issues come up again? Uh, does he find his biological mother? Like, I don't know what the uh, – there's something here. Is there a family member that kind of pops up or something like that that causes some trouble? So I think there could have been something explored here as you go into the next level of a guy with this kind of, um, uh, I don't know, knowledge or ability has to confront as they try to take this next – stage of their life evolving as a human being would have been interesting just saying yeah i that one never even sparked to mind mm. uh, cool it's an excellent choice so that was your eight yeah what's your seven my seven is constantine that's a punt okay yeah okay what's your six um my six so on my list, I came to on my own, but eventually it's just like, you know, you're missing something. So I, I Google search. I try, I waited till the last minute and I saw this on a list and I was like, you know what? That's an excellent choice. I was trying to come up with 10 on my own and I, I wrote down 20, but there, you know what I mean? There was one yeah. missing out there somewhere. So I, I, I think it's got endless possibilities. Galaxy Quest. Oh, great choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went back and forth on it. I went back and forth on it and I was like, ah. I like these. I think these other ones I, I, I would want to see more. But yes, Galaxy Quest, great choice, man. Well, yeah, because we've seen Star Trek do it, it's why the believability of it is higher for me. How they progress from going from just actor to living in a world where this could now exist and watching them grow. And maybe the next one focuses more on like Sigourney Weaver's character, or you get other people to shine through it. You see how they you know, become more like their characters on some level. Yeah. But a little humor of like when they're in that the engine room and it just does the absurd <laughs> things going in. Why would you ever design it? You keep running into these stuff made for television because it looks cool, but there's no practicality, yeah. no logical reason this would exist. And running into that over and over again. I love the rock monster. Yeah, uh, the rock monster is great. Yeah. So coming up with various because it's menacing, but it's not over the top because they already had that final winged villain type of thing. Yeah, uh, but so to, to to create these more Star Trek like type of of menaces throughout, I wonder if you would have to kill a couple red shirts, mm. to validate the fear that Sam Rockwell has. A couple of guys, yeah. Uh huh. Um, do you have a name? Do you even know? Do I, I don't even have a name. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. He's just freaking out the whole time. We always die. Oh. They, <laughs> So I just because they have like other things on this list, they have a firm grasp of what they are. Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. It would have been it would be fun to see a sequel. And there's been rumors for years that they I'm have sure. been working on a sequel because everyone's still alive. Uh, oh, except for Alan Rickman, obviously, but everyone's still alive that they could use. So that could be it, right? I mean, if you if you really get away with it, you could do almost a search for Spock where they try to like find a way to bring Homie back to life or whatever in the in like the uh, in space. They try to find this planet that'll bring uh, uh, Alan Rickman back to life. That character maybe comes back to life in like the Grand Moff Tarkin, uh, Princess Leia type of way in Rogue One, where yeah. it's like CGI'd like that. That could be a lot of that. fun. I know it would be weird, right? It would be weird, but it could be something uh, because they're spoofing the Star Trek stuff. It could be something where they spoof it. I think people have uh, a more or a greater attachment to Alan Rickman 
than they do to Cushing. Yeah. Thing. Carrie is, is different, but if you're already doing Cushing, and we saw him first, I believe, in Rogue One. Right, right. You're kind of acclimated to the fact that, oh, they're, uh, I know that Leia's coming. Like, right. Maybe it's like the spirit of that character embodies someone else. Yeah, could do that. That's possible, too. Where, yeah, because they, like with McCoy, where he put the, uh, yeah. Spock put the thing inside of him. Does a little. Exactly. So maybe he does that to somebody. And they do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm we see it from that. like a back shot. We just see a hand going up, but you can't see the face. Mm-hmm. And he just puts it and puts his consciousness in someone else. Just says, my crap does hammer and puts it in inside uh, of me. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, maybe the, the second actor finishes that line. My crap, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember specifically, but as soon as I read it or, or someone said it, I would know it. Uh, yeah. type. But that's my, that was my six. Uh, all right. My number seven is Dread. That's a pun. Okay, fair. Uh, then my number six is uh, Inception. Okay. Yeah. I want the answers. And I want to go deeper and deeper into the dream thing. Because um, if he's in a dream world, then I think uh, Ellen Page is going to try to pull him out of it. So what would be that situation like if Ellen Page is the one who realizes that DiCaprio has chosen to stay in that dream world. And she knows that uh, he has to come back out. Cause maybe something has come up. Something like something's using this for evil. So mm-hmm. she has to go and pull him out of this uh, bliss with his kids and Michael Caine and whatever, uh, so that he can like find a way to circumvent this person from like using this technology to take over a country or the world, maybe in some nuclear way uh, that could be possible. And so they have to have like this race against time uh, with each other. So maybe a rival who had was working on this technology and now with DiCaprio out of the way, kind of co-ops it and tries mm-hmm. to do evil with it. So I, I would like to see more with these characters and, and uh, Tom Hardy in a bigger role, maybe as well in this situation. Sure. Uh, Joseph so, Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, it could be more. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I just, I didn't think because I went through in my head just picking directors going through their filmography, picking and actresses and going through their filmography and just trying to like whatever sparks. And then I did genres and I did this and going and I went through Nolan's and I'm happy with all his as one offs type of Mm. thing. But that does make for a good story. Yeah. Well, I mean, all the Batman's are sequels. So I know that doesn't count. But like Interstellar. Right. It did. You know, it's done. You could say him going forward with Anne Hathaway's character, but I don't need to see that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, I'm happy with the conclusion. I, I just did that in my head. Uh, yeah. Perhaps Tenet will be that. I don't know. We shall see. And we're supposed to find out as we're recording this in the next two weeks whether they're going to push it again. But Nolan wants it to stay where it's at so they can open theaters with that movie. Uh, but the studio is not sure if they want to do that at all. So we'll see. Um, I just don't know how you keep everybody six feet apart. Yeah, dude, there's so much involved in that. It's like three people, four people, then per row. Yeah, you can't have somebody directly behind you for like three seats on either side. So then there's, so you only have like X number of people in each row. You have to stagger them because they can't sit right behind each other. You're gonna have to charge instead of eighteen dollars out here. It's gonna be like forty five. Yeah, I almost feel like. I almost feel like look, I get. I think people wanted to go back to work. I totally get it, but I almost feel like arts and entertainment and sports and all that can sit to the side for a while. Uh, you know, I just think it should. I think it should for a while until we're all sure, or we should all go back full bore, right back into it, and everybody that dies dies because it seems to be there's this movement now where people are like, no, open it back up, no, let me go, no, I want, don't you take it from me. This is America. It's all right. All right. Just go walk in there then. And when you when you catch it, don't come bitch into a hospital. Don't come bitch to get healed. That's Screw not going to happen, though. Yeah. And no, it's frustrating. I wish we could do that. Because um, I don't think there's a rush. There shouldn't be a rush. That's my opinion. Well, because it just literally everybody has an opinion on this. Some political issues or some issues of everyday life, you're kind of indifferent to. Right. And you see someone that has a fervent opinion. You're like, wow, I'm, you know. I don't care one way or the other type of thing. Everybody's got an opinion because it's affecting every single individual. I just don't want to put the responsibility on these kids who are working for minimum wage or a little bit above in these movie theaters. Like we're already seeing, like I heard two stories already over the last couple of uh, days that family dollar security guard that was shot by a family. 
Yeah. Um, and then today or yesterday, I think it was this morning, actually, I read about uh, a McDon- three McDonald's employees in Oklahoma who were shot by a woman who was told that she had to wear a mask to come in to get her food. And then when she fought them on it, they said, well, she tried to sit down at one of the McDonald's tables so she could eat her food. And they said, no, you're not allowed to dine in. That's the law right now or the rule right now. And when they tried to get her out, she wouldn't move. So it got a physical confrontation. She goes out to her car. She gets a gun, comes back in, shoots three of the employees and kills one of them. And it's like, what are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? So it's just like it's frustrating to me, this desire to run back to everything. It's like it's been two months. Can't you all just calm down for a little bit? It's only been two months. Yes. So. I saw a video of a rally outside of Michigan. Oh, yeah. One of the louder uh, areas of their governor put in place a long time ago was early on adopting of like, we're going to shut this stuff down type of thing. Right. Showed up to protest. And it's one of the four that when Trump tweeted out a week ago, a week and a half ago, you know, got to liberate Michigan along with Virginia and two other states because they were all protesting on that day. But I saw a clip of it. The guy, one of the people speaking, I don't know what group, what day, anything about it. And he's like, I mean, who who came up with this six feet away from each other? They just make numbers. They just pulled that right out of their keister. And you're like, I, I would just imagine it's the minimum distance because the average sneeze or something is going to come out of like a hundred and some odd miles an hour. Right. The wind resistance and friction of just the atmosphere itself slows it down to a crawl. It's about six feet ish. They're <laughs> ballparking it for your own. It's just like a, you know, I don't come to you for that type of advice. Whatever, it, as he, uh, the guys around him have like AR 15 slung over their shoulders, like, okay, I would come to you for how to oil a gun. Yeah, right. Listen to me. I will listen to you about that because you're much more of an expert. Yeah. The other experts are saying, probably shouldn't do this and be like, you know what? They get paid to for these very specific situations. We don't want to be the president in the fucking cataclysmic terror, you know, the, the movie, the 2012 that's about to happen that doesn't listen to his science advisor. Yeah. Right? We, we, we have the answers when you fucking don't and you know it. Yeah. Uh, We've seen this movie. Sit back. Yeah. It, to think that there's some big conspiracy theory or big conspiracy among all the health officials. Yeah. Yeah. Why they got into medicine was to turn into Machiavelli. <laughs> Rule us all by fucking medical fiat. I think my favorite my favorite me and my song. And listen, we're not trying to get political. We're just saying, like, we don't want anybody that I have any no. political spectrum uh, or any political belief from this thing. So why not adhere to the rules so that everybody is safe? We The levels come down for a little bit longer, and then we can start to – Walk back into everything, but we're slowly so, get back into. Yeah, we're so spoiled and privileged as a country. We want to run back to everything. It's okay to take a break for a but couple of months. For sadly, sakes. there is a calculus at that national and international level. Yep. Of at what point is the economy more important than the lives? Right. The entire world shuts down. There are politicians sitting down having that discussion right now because yep. that is their job. They are supposed to play devil's advocate and worry about you know yeah macro things. Yeah, yeah. Force themselves of their humanity. And I, it sucks, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird time to be alive. So, anyway, what's your <laughs> choice? Well, let's take a break, I think, on that note uh, before we it's jump true. into our top fives uh, and hear from our sponsors uh, here on the Top Ten Show. Okay, and we're back here. Thank you for those of us who are watching us on camera. We had to take that pause because for the audio listeners, they're going to hear those promos on the podcast feed. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into it, Matt. What's your number five? Uh, my five is in no little uh, little flashing picture type thing. Oh, oh yeah. I, I'm sorry. I didn't put that up. You're right. I, I love that last time. Just out of nowhere. Bam. Here's just a <laughs> static picture. And bam, right back. I'll, for the video. I'll, I'll create something I can put our, our audio under. So I'll put it up like three seconds and pull it back down. We'll see. Uh, anyway, what's your number five? My five is the nice guys. Oh, good choice, man. I went back and forth on that one as well. Uh, but I kind of was like, I saw what I needed to see here. I'm good. Uh, but I, I really totally think, understand if people want to see more. Yeah. yeah they, they had such a good rapport between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And to see those two characters basically grow into some sort of like friendship partnership between the two of them. I thought the next, like, this is a, a violence scaled back version of lethal weapon. Yeah. You yeah. could make four of these if you really wanted to. And I'm guessing it comes down to to Shane. It's Shane Black again, yeah, because he writes and directs, so it's on his basic schedule. But if there was another writer, you could just fit that into. I don't yeah. know if it's 
kind of uh, give up that much control. Uh, but I mean, the chemistry between the two of them is just dynamite. And then also Gosling and uh, his you know, daughter, the actress that plays his daughter in the movie, are excellent as well. And then she has a good dynamic with Russell Crowe too. Yeah. Uh, just a the progression of that. I man, they they easily could have made three of these to me. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Disagree. It's such a good movie, uh, and it's you know like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is good. Uh, but this is like he took that formula and kind of expanded it out even more and, okay. you know, put it in a time period piece because it's what set in the 70s or 80s. Uh, and uh, you have what's happening there and, and you have good uh, character actors all around. I mean, who plays the villain? Who's the mom? Uh, oh, Kim Basinger. She's fantastic. Chilling as the villain mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh, and then you got Crispin Glover. I th- no, no, wait, what's his name? Is it Matt? Who's the guy that plays the? Uh, assassin, the the good yeah, it's not Crispin Glover. It's a dude that looks like. Uh, is it Matt Bomber? Is it Bomber? I was about to say it's one of those guys that's really handsome. Looks like seven other handsome, <laughs> right? That people have put up and like. Can you tell the difference? I saw, <laughs> and it was him because he's on Last Tycoon, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched that show, uh, and I was like, oh yeah, that dude who looks like kind of, yeah. <laughs> Cavalish, but you know, Cavill is a little bit more distinct. There's one dude who looks amazingly like him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, great char- great actors all around in that thing, and they're fun to watch and, and enjoy. So, yeah, totally respect you wanting to see another one of that. Um, all right, my number five is seven. Okay, how 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 do you do this? Okay, uh, because what happens after? How does David recover? No, Brad David goes to jail. What happens to David after the situation and he loses his uh, wife, spoiler alert, in the way that he does? Does he come back? Can he come back? Does Morgan Freeman retire or not retire now? Because it feels a responsibility to kind of carry on uh, what David was going to take over those cases. Now Morgan Freeman doesn't retire. So does he nurse David back? Does a case come up that finally wakes David out of his slumber and stunned loss and tragedy of the situation we can find a redemption arc for david in eight you call it eight i guess is a sequel uh and see what can be what can ha- happen here and does he end up becoming the more mature detective uh kind of like morgan Freeman wanted him to be because of this tragedy because of this loss and now taking that time to process it and then another case comes up that kind of has shades of what he experienced already. And now he wants to be back on it. Everyone's like, no, I don't think he should be coming back. It's too soon or he's not ready, blah, blah, blah. But he's determined because his pigheadedness is always there to figure it out. And as he's figuring out, he realizes and learns he's more mature. And by the end, you're like, oh, okay. So the redemption is finished. Like he's finally back to, he's processed the death of his wife. And now he can be a good detective going forward. Now Morgan can retire and we're done. You know, so that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, I mean, he goes to jail. It's unfortunate. Yeah. He goes, he killed a man in cold blood. Uh, You think he goes to jail for killing the dude who cut off his wife's head? Yep. I don't think so. I think there's, I I think you could make a case that he could get off. You could make a case and you could argue it in front of a jury. Uh, But there's a damn good chance that he goes to jail because he flat out killed a man in cold blood in front of numerous witnesses and they're recording it. There's no shades of it. And my guess is he wouldn't deny it and he would own it. Uh, Well, there's all those witnesses there. Yeah. But they might, they could claim psychological whatever in that moment. And having seen the wife's head in a box, like, you know, it could cause. Yeah. Yeah. But I think also secondarily is there's no, there are no cases like seven. This is a, a once in a lifetime, like you have somebody, that's a serial killer that's doing it off the seven deadly sins. And right, right. this is a Zodiac and you caught the Zodiac type of thing. There aren't, yeah. there aren't many that build up like the mystique on top of everything else that they're doing. Right. right. Um, that's what makes so it. I just, it would be underwhelming for me. Just, I don't know what you can do. Uh, it would make it feel like it was, I don't know. Okay. I think uh, there's stuff to explore, but I totally respect if you don't. It's totally fine. Um. All right. What's so your my four? four is Master and Commander. That's a punt. Okay. No lie. Uh, my number four is Tron Legacy. I think it's the only one that is a sequel already. But yeah. I would like to see a sequel to this movie, and I think it deserves a sequel because Disney's 
shut this shut this thing down. They were con- considering it, and now from every every sign that they put out is that they're done yeah, with this tough. thing. Or, or if they do go back to it, it'll be a complete reboot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really enjoyed Tron Legacy. Saw it again the other day, just randomly in the middle of the day. I was working on stuff on the couch. It came on one of the pay channels. I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this thing because it's been a while. Put the headphones on. And the Daft Punk score is incredible. The mm-hmm. visuals are phenomenal. Uh, that director, I think, gets a lot out of this material. Although you could argue that maybe Garrett Hedlund's a bit miscast. Uh, you the storylines a bit uh, kind of pushes against uh, the the. It's muddy. It's yeah, all muddy. over I, the place. That, that's a great point. It's mud. It's kind of muddy because you're like, well, if this happened, why didn't you do this? Oh, because I had to stay and take care of everybody. But really, you couldn't get a message to me about like there's yeah, just kind and, of you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and, I think you could clean that up in a sequel and make it more of a, a through line because now you have Olivia Wilde going into humanity. Like what yeah, is the real that world? Like? Yeah, the real world. So, what is that relationship like? And then, what drags them back into uh, the uh, the you know the the area of Tron? Like, what drags them back into it? So, I think it would be interesting. Yeah, my guess would just be Clue has figured out a way to get out that you can't stop from the outside. Great point, right? He so, shows up. Yeah, I don't know what that would be because we control everything from the outside. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I really wanted to love that movie. It's just. It's trying to tell a lot, and it's hyper-stylized, but I think the clue de-aging is it's jarring. It takes me out of a lot yeah. of things. What do they call it? Uncanny Valley? Yeah, I agree with yeah. you, man. It, it wasn't as perfected as you see. And even in Rogue One, it's still not 100% there, but it's close enough. Whereas yeah. in, in Tron Legs, you can tell they were still in the stages of getting to that Grand Moff Tarkin stage. Uh, it does take you out of it because his eye, it's always the eyes, right? The eyes never kind of they look like doll's eyes. Yeah. It'll look in the right direction. It feels like. And so uh, you get that. Uh, you just can't shake that when you watch it. So maybe now with the technology so advanced, it would be interesting to see what they could do with it. Uh, if clue does get out. Right. And then they have to kind of chase him back into uh, that area or try yeah. to get him back into that area. What that experience or, would be like. Or just make clue a different actor. Yeah, right. Embody his spirit embodies. Yeah, because yeah, maybe there's a rival, or maybe there's a hacker who's trying to kind of figure this all out. Uh, what Flynn did and wants to create his own thing, and maybe yeah, maybe Clue gets out, but Clue somehow inhabits the body of the guy, uh, and then now you're kind of like with Matrix uh, Reloaded Revolutions, where yeah. Agent Smith went into that guy's body when they're in uh, uh, Zion. You know, so yeah. Uh, all right, what's your number three? My three uh, has long been rumored, whether or not they ever do it, who knows, but Beetlejuice. Yep, that's my number three, too, my man, Beetlejuice. Um, if anybody can pull it off, it's Michael Keaton. So uh, I, for years now, I've wanted this one. Mm. Um, and it makes, it, you know, there's always a chance. I think it could happen. I think the last time they were talking about it was about three years ago, yeah. um, where everybody was interviewed. And they all individually are like, I would totally come back to do that again. Um, whether or not schedules or it's money or whatever the case is, or maybe uh, Tim Burton has no desire to go back for it. I don't know. Yeah. He was a hit, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, Dumbo didn't do well. Nope. Nope. But would you trust him to do it now, man? Like at this age, as old as he is, would he be capturing the spirit of the first one as well as he did when he was younger? I wonder. You talking about Keaton or Burton? Keaton is fine. Keaton will absolutely be Beetlejuice till he's eighty. Uh, he has no. Pro- I think he could play it till yeah. he's eighty. Like he's so perfect for that kind of thing. I'm talking about Burton because I don't think Burton has had a good movie in quite some time. And so you know that's the playful uh, young Burton with the gothic sensibilities. Where is he, would he be able to come back and do a good job with it? I wonder. I think so long as the script was solid and Michael Keaton was game, I think True. it's possible okay whole thing hinges to me on him and whether or not you can really bring that character back but yeah uh, it's completely conceivable and now when you go back and watch it having seen the breadth of his career yeah. it's a better character because it's anomalous within everything else he did and it's so fully formed yeah uh it just has a full handle on exactly who beetlejuice is the whole time throughout that movie yeah. now what you bring back 
Gina Davis, Alec Baldwin. I think you kind of have to do Winona Ryder. I think you can't bring back Gina Davis and Alec Ball unless you're going to do de-aging technology. They're not going to get old as ghosts. I know. So you'd have to de-age them in some way, or it's a new couple, a new house, something like yeah. that, which is probably what the ag- angle is going to go. And then they go and find Winona Ryder or whoever the person is goes and finds Winona Ryder. And like, you know, she helps them kind of navigate kind of like the old uh, Nightmare on Elm Street when they went back and found Heather Langenkamp, who was from the first movie to like help them deal with Freddie, you know? So you could, you, you could go that route with uh, the Beetlejuice sequel as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. It's a, it's a good one. I'm trying to figure out who would be the, if you weren't going to do Burton, who would step in to direct that, that would really nail it. El Toro. But I oh, question the comedy, yeah. but he's got the style. to <sighs> That's a great choice, Del Toro. There's a little bit of comedy in like Hellboy, but it's yeah, not, yeah, not like Beetlejuice. Uh, yeah, that's a good choice. I like Del Toro as a possibility. Yeah, that would be fun. Well, who else has the aesthetic to kind of pull that off? It's, yeah, yes, yeah. it's very singular. I agree. Uh, all right, so that's both our number threes. What's your number two? Uh, my numero dos is Apocalypto. Oh, good one, man. Good so this, one. The conquistadors show up, and now what do the Mayans do? Right. do? Do they all, like, we know the outcome, ultimately, but the progression, and you could do just another vignette where it's a short amount of time, like when they're first there, or yeah. maybe after they've established a beachhead and you go like six months in advance, and it's you go back to who they focus on the first one, which is people that don't live in the major hub of societies. They're still yeah. out in villages out in the forest. And it's the encroachment upon their villages. And it's them now, instead of fighting the Mayans who were coming before, now they're fighting the Spanish conquistadors. Right. And, uh, yes, I realize that movie isn't really historically accurate. I take <laughs> specific liberties, but I've never seen anything else like that. And to see a Mayan civilization come to life was super interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, and he took such care, you know, Gibson did, and bringing uh, you know that that world to life that I think he would do it with the conquistadors and maybe we get a view of what life on a galleon across you know sailing across the world was kind of like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's I when we were you know talking about doing this, it's like you know what I would always love to see is this one. Apocalypto was one of my first ones that I wrote down. It's a great choice, man. It's a fantastic film. You know, people talk about Braveheart a lot, but people don't talk about Apocalypto enough, man. I mean, because that that film is. So damn good. It is an action film from beginning to end. Uh, you know, you get the established characters, you understand the relationships they have, and then boom, we're off the entire movie. And that ending is such a face into the brick wall type stop uh, that you're yeah. like, oh, my God. Yeah, you think the worst is over. And yeah. One simple little picture. It's like you have no idea what's coming. Right. If That's... the guns don't kill you, the smallpox will. Right. Exactly. Coming exactly. with death either way. You have no idea. You know, yeah, that's a good point. I would have been fantastic to see a sequel to Apocalypto. I agree. Um, all right. So then my number two is the punt from earlier, Constantine. Okay. Yeah, I, I love this movie, man. I, I just I've seen it so, so many times. Uh, and I just enjoy Keanu Reeves' performance in it. I know some of the diehard Constantine fans who are listening to us might be upset because it's American. He doesn't have a British accent like the original Constantine. But I think he nailed the energy of the character, the actual essence of the character. Yeah. I think he got completely right. The hangdog frustration of dealing with heaven and earth all the time and the demons coming in and this whole idea of like, you know, the 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 son of Satan wanting to come uh, into take over the world with the Archangel Gabriel, what mm-hmm. that would be, what that situation would be like. And so all of that. So there, there's a, there's a, a smart ass confidence to himself, but there's also the kind of world weariness that he carries because of his lot in life. Uh, and of course the suicide attempt uh, that uh, is what the devil keeps referring to the whole time. Peter Stormari is fantastic as, as that character. All of that I think is, is works so well uh, and Rachel Weiss, they have a good chemistry. So I would like to have seen mm-hmm. another adventure with uh, uh, Keanu Reeves. I still want to see another film of Keanu Reeves as John Constantine. I really do. I, I like him better than the Matt Ryan guy who does it on the TV shows and, and the animated series. For okay. me, I just think Keanu has, nails the essence of John Constantine. Ryan's never carried the world wariness that Constantine, uh, that uh, Keanu does in the movie. So what about you? Yeah, I've only seen, I haven't seen the TV show. I've only seen, uh, 
what is it, Justice League Dark or something? The direct yes, the animated one, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. That was interesting. Yeah. That's the beauty of Constantine. It's still superhero-ish, but you can bring in all types of different storylines that, you know, outside of something like Doctor Strange, it's going to be difficult to explore this territory. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's just a really good movie. Uh, but the crescendo at the end, it builds nicely, and then ultimately it's heaven and hell off. Uh, I love the when Stormari is like dragging him, and then all of a sudden he can't. Yeah, it's, he becomes too heavy. Yeah, because he doesn't get to take his soul. Right. And it's a beautiful representation of how black and white that world can be. And the look in Tilda Swinton's eyes when she realizes that she's not right. Right. Uh, as her try, crashing try, down. Yeah, tries to get Constantine to kill her so that she can be redeemed again. Um, it's great. Uh, and, and, you know, it's tragic as well. What happens at the end to Shia's character, you know, so th- it, there's so much that happens in that final confrontation that is, I think, note perfect. Even from like the tar the black tar dripping off yeah. uh, uh, Stromari's feet as Satan when he, uh, you know, comes into play. The back and forth with him and uh, uh, Constantine is great. And you're, and then when he reaches up, just when you think Constantine's going to get redeemed and pulls out the the uh, the, the, the cancer, cancer. Blood, like just all of it just works so well that by the end you're you're kind of cheering to see what's next for John Constantine yeah. uh, and Keanu's characterization. He's, yeah. he's getting accepted into heaven, and as he's floating away, he flips off the devil. <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's just, it's really, really good. And it ends in, uh, you know, walking out of the theater like, man, I hope they they make more of these because this was really good. And it's like Keanu, you know, succeed outside of just Matrix type of thing. Yeah. I wish it had made more money because there's no doubt they would have made a sequel. They was no yeah. doubt. Uh, and there's been plenty of people who've tried to push for it to happen. So, you know, we'll see if it ever does as he's yeah, getting who knows? older. He's getting older. Yeah. All right. What's your number one, my man? Cause I, I uh, probably don't have the, Well, we both have punted from number oh, one. Okay. Mine is dread. That's, okay. Yeah. Dread, my we announced seven. it. Yeah. It was the very first movie I thought of walking out of the theater I said that to myself. I hope they make a sequel. Yeah. Because now with these megalopolis, megalopolises that they've, you know, talked about, the size of these cities, the stories just go on for it. And I never read the comic. Um, but the first one was such an abomination that when they talked about they're going to release this and make it, and I was like, man, I know there's a lot of superhero films, but they're going to remake that. Like, I think it's kind of a dead property. And, I had only suffered to me ever so slightly is because I saw the raid two months before, right? Month and a half before, uh, it's in essence, the same plot on some level, but it, the, the slow-mo is such a great little yeah. cinematic device. Brilliant. Absolutely. Brilliant. When they throw the dude over the edge and he's slow mode. Now you're thinking about instead of something that should last seven to nine seconds to you, it feels like it lasted 10 minutes. Yeah. You just know the inevitability of your death for that long. <laughs> it's how that works on you be, mentally. That's it made sense to have a character like that when a city is that large to be judge, jury, and executioner because there's just too many people. There's no way that you could line up the courts. It was it's just unfeasible. Uh so yeah, I've I've just I wished from day one, and I know that they've people have asked him, uh Urban several times, hey, would you be willing to come back and do this? And you know, of course I would, but yeah. Whether or not there's ever funding, it didn't make enough money. Maybe as a TV show, I don't know. Yeah, I think it would totally work as a TV show, like an HBO or uh, HBO Max, even. Um, Was I don't it know an who rights MCU property? Yeah, yeah, it depends on if if uh, Disney and Marvel own his rights or not. You know, because obviously yeah. they're different. It was an uh, English comic book artist, wasn't it? Yes, yes, but it all depends on like you know who owns right. But yeah, I agree with you. I'd love to see a sequel. As I said, it's my number seven. Uh, because of the and Carl Urban has always said he'd come back and do it. He pushes for it even on social media sometimes because he knows that film is a damn good film, and a lot of people who discover it yeah. enjoy the shit out of that film. Uh, yeah. You know, and so because it's, it's an action it's, series waiting to happen. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, so yeah, only like, formed 
a TV show would be great, brother. I think a TV show is a is a brilliant idea because you get, the, especially after having seen Punisher and having seen Daredevil. There's no reason you can't do Judge Dredd as a TV series for ten to thirteen episodes and tell a fully fleshed out story and really explore the mythology of that character and the history of that character in those episodes. There's no way you can't do that with the incredible creators that are doing stuff on TV now with superhero properties, uh, or comic book properties. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that is, that is the, the, the lament of this list is that yeah, right. none of these movies more than likely will ever get a sequel. They'll get rebooted before they get a sequel at this point. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then my number one is the punt from earlier is uh, Master and Commander, Far Side of the World. Uh, this is one that, uh, you know, uh, I, I know it's one of your favorites, Matt, and, and certainly one of mine. Yeah, I think it was uh, about my four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's up um, there. There's such great chemistry between Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany. And obviously we saw that in A Beautiful Mind, but you see it really here, uh, how it comes to fruition. Uh, two different men who approach the world in two different ways finding a way to like connect with each other and go forward and use the best of each other's abilities in, depending on the situation. Uh, and I loved this film from top to bottom, really enjoy the pace it takes. And then when the battle scenes happen, they're so realistic and fantastic. And you feel like this is what it would actually be like uh, and all of that. So, and I know there's a crap ton of books that this is based on, so you can keep going with the story and I think it was a crime that because the film didn't make that much money yeah. that we didn't get a sequel where they at least tried uh, to do something, maybe reduce the length of the movie, uh, but to bring all the characters back and then have them go on to a new adventure together. Because there's a reason these characters have endured for so long in literature, because there's something about them that people want to read uh, either for the first time or over and over again. Uh, and I think that would have worked to do a sequel uh, for this film. I know we've talked about this movie a bunch of times on the show. We're both big fans and it's, it's tailor-made to just go out onto the high seas and tell numerous stories of this. Yeah. It's one of the few like it. Yeah. Red is another like, you know, superhero ish like that exists or the you know, Beetlejuice is singular, but a number that have been on our list be like, yeah, you know, the, there are variations of this. Where yeah. I can't think of another, High seas set in the you know what early eighteen early to mid eighteen hundreds. Yeah, doesn't it doesn't exist outside of movies made you know Mutiny on the Bounty type of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and they don't and make I'll, those movies anymore. And Matt, I'll say this: when I think of Russell Crowe, the number one role that comes to me is Jack Aubrey. That's that's the number one role. I know mm -hmm. Maximus is the one that he's known for, and I think he won the Oscar for that one. And Gladiator is a good film, although I do have some issues with Times of Gladiator. I think uh, Master Commander is a better constructed film than Gladiator, in my opinion. And I think it takes it makes better use of Russell Crowe's natural acting talents. Uh, and so when I think of the best Russell Crowe character, I think of him in that cover on the DVD or on the poster, astride, large, holding the ropes. Yeah, holding the ropes and just... Yeah, exactly. Above the ship, but like he's mm -hmm. massive with his uh, British uh, clothes on or British soldier suit on. It's fantastic. And so uh, I would love to have seen him have another shot at this character because it is a unique character in the lexicon of Russell Crowe characters that he's acted in. There's a there's a real vulnerability and tenderness, uh, but also determination. Uh, it's a nice combo to see uh, on a guy like that, you know, so and then and, and uh, Paul Bettany as well. I don't think I've seen him play anything like this uh, since. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's been stuff that we missed. Uh, but I know the chemistry between the two of them is, is excellent and from the surrounding cast because there's a lot of people that you get a real sense of who this character is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just in the dynamic of, of everybody on the boat. Tons yeah. of like When they have to cut the mast because it's a sea anchor. And the one yeah. dude out there, they don't want to do it at first, but he hands that uh, that little hatchet to another guy, to his friend. And basically, he's like, I need you to swing this. You have to understand the stakes. It's either one life or it's a hundred. Yeah. Uh, and they all jump in to do it, or the guy that takes the cannonball and jumps off the side because he feels like he's cursed. Yeah. You think Oof. that was part of the lore of going out and sailing. There were curses. There's mermaids. There's 
potentially sea dragons if you believe in that because the ocean is massive and you have no idea. Right. Uh, yeah, no, it was a, a great choice. I mean, ultimately, that's going to be our number one. Oh, okay. Well, well because we have it as a one four. Well, we both have Beetlejuice at three. I would say a one four beats that. Okay. Well, I, I, we're into the building list portion of the show just like that. I'm well, no, we don't have to even keep going on. But we- I like it. I pulled down the bongos right now. Oh, you take yourself out? Oh, Matt, Matt's going to come back in, I guess. He accidentally took himself out, so when he comes back in, I'll bring him back in. Uh, but, yeah, that's our separate lists. Uh, there he is. Uh, that's our separate list. There you go. <laughs> I just told him you'd come back in, I'm sure. Uh, but that's our separate <laughs> lists, and now we're going to combine them into one here uh, to be the official uh, top ten list for movies that need a sequel. Uh, Matt said, Match on Commander number one. So, what, Beetlejuice 2? Is that right? Um, yeah, I would say so. Okay. And then I have Constantine at two. What do you have at two? Uh, Apocalypse, which you don't have, but my dread is your seven. So I think hmm. one seven beats two seven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. All right, so Constantine. Okay. Um, so we're at five now? Correct. Okay. So Master Commander Constantine, Bill just wrong. So my next one is Tron Legacy at four. Okay, I don't have Apocalypto. Okay, you put Apocalypto there. I'm cool with that. All right, so Tron Legacy, because we don't have anything else in common, I think. Uh, no, I don't think, yeah. All right, so I've got nice guys at five. Okay, I have seven at five. Uh, you seem to have an issue with seven, so we can put uh, nice guys there. And then seven afterwards. Yeah. Uh, so we got two left, so then okay. I've got my six Galaxy Quest. My six is Inception. All right, well, that's fine. We can go Inception on this one. You sure? All right. That's fine. All right, done. Cool. Awesome. All right. Uh, the top 10 movies that deserve a sequel. Yeah. At number 10. Galaxy Quest. At number 9. Inception. At number 8. 7. At number 7. The Nice Guys. At number 6. Tron Legacy. At number 5. Apocalypto. At number 4. Constantine. At number three, Dread. At number two, Beetlejuice. And our number one movie that deserves a sequel is Master and Commander of the Far Side of the World. Was that Peter Weir? Is that who directed that one, or am I getting confused on that one? Or is that uh, Verbinski? He, he did the Pirates movies. Was it gold? Peter Weir was. was Peter Weir? Okay. That would be my default guess if I was in a Schmodown competition and I came up. So there you go. Um, all right. Great stuff, Matt. A lot of fun. Uh, counting down these uh, films, talking about these films, uh, uh, you know, because we lament the fact that we're never going to see a sequel probably from any of these films. Uh, and so many on our honorable mention list as well, I'm sure. Uh, but a fun list to count down uh, here on the top 10 show. Anything else you want to say? I. Thanks to everybody that uh, supports the show week in, week out, and everybody that helps us with it. Uh, Mike Shea, Joe Abara, Christos Alexakos, Matthew Hasso, and Kristen Smith. Uh, the five of you uh, help bring this to life every week for everybody, and we appreciate it every, all the time that you put in to help make this a reality for everybody listening. Stay safe out there. Wash those hands. Um, you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost, and please check out my other podcast, uh, Embrace the Hate. Uh, there is no new episode probably by the time you're hearing this. My guess is the next, the week after we will, you know, my co-host just had a baby. So taking a couple of weeks off, but uh, yeah, please give that a listen to, if you like, if you're bored, you know, on lockdown and COVID and uh, that's it for me this week. Yeah. And don't forget to join our Patreon at www.patreon.com. I'm just going to stop saying W. I always do that. It's terrible. Patreon.com 
slash the top 10, the number 10 there. Go and see the multiple tiers uh, that uh, you've got to sign up and support the show. Certainly, we just, we, we've just made uh, Topic Thunder open to everybody. So if you want to take part in Topic Thunder, you just have to donate at the $5 and above level, and you can send in questions and topics that Matt and I answer on an, uh, on an upcoming show of Topic Thunder. And they've been great lately, so we can't thank you enough for all the great questions yeah. you've all been sending. They've been fun to talk about, fun to discuss, fun to explore, and fun to jump into tangents on uh so thank you so much and if you want to be part of the train come aboard the patreon train five dollars a month and you get to contribute and get all this other stuff get a shout out when we do the shout outs a lot of stuff and then of course higher and higher you go more and more stuff there so Mm -hmm. uh, thank you all so much follow me at the roca says on twitter and on instagram uh subscribe to my youtube channel if you want to see more uh, stuff from me that's uh, youtube.com slash john roca says and go and find the top 10 youtube channel our top 10 youtube channel with our logo on there that's how you find it or just type in our names and you'll see uh you know you'll see there that where our uh, uh, uh youtube channel is go and subscribe to the youtube channel as well so we can start to monetize this thing and uh have and turn more and do more with the top 10 youtube channel as mm-hmm. well all right that's it uh from both of us thank you so much for listening to the top 10 show this week what do you say, Matt? Anything else? Uh, I think that's it for the two of us. Stay safe. Wash those hands. Stay six feet apart. We will see you guys next week on the Top Ten Show.